And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday. On the Athletic Podcast Network. And it is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm David Aldrich here in D.C. in L.A. Waz Lambre. Waz, what's up, man? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. You know, uh, everything is rounding into form out here. Found myself at a restaurant yesterday, and boy, they hit the ground running. I'm telling you. <laughs> these people not easing into nothing. They just ready to man. rock and roll. So, you know. Bro, was there, were there any masks visible anywhere? I mean, when you walk in, you got to wear. <laughs> one but once you're at your table you're just doing what you do and yeah right and it's none of that oh they were saying 33 percent or 50 percent or the, no they just they just racking them up <laughs> they get back buck- to the paper <laughs> just back to max <laughs> <laughs> oh man they ain't messing around yep. I, man it's crazy it's crazy it's still got us on lockdown here in dc but it's gradually easing the Wizards will actually have fans in their building on Wednesday night for the first time in a year. They will be playing the Golden State Warriors and the insanely hot Steph Curry. And so to discuss that and then everything dubs is our man, Monty Poole from NBC Sports Bay Area. Monty, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, man. Thanks for inviting me on. Always good to talk ball with y'all. Man, it is it is crazy. Now, look, you have seen... All of the Splash Brothers era. You've covered them for for a minute now. And I just wanted to ask you where this where this streak of Steph's right now, the last 10 games, he's averaging 41.3 points. He's shooting 56 from the floor, 51 on threes. It's just insane. On how on volume, he's averaging, he's taking 14.7 threes a game and shooting 51 on him. Where does this streak rank with his best hot streaks you've ever seen? No, it's number one. <laughs> it's okay, number good. One. That's what I thought, but I wanted uh, to check with you. <gasps> yeah, yeah. The, the 2015-16 season was pretty amazing. Uh, he had some streaks that year, and that's the year they won 73 games. So, yeah. And he he became the first and only unanimous MVP uh, award winner. But, but what he's done uh, the last 10, 11 games, man, it, it it just keeps you keep thinking. Okay, this is going to be a four or five game stretch, and he just keeps finding ways to extend it. And at a time when the team really needs it, because they were up against these these guys were five games under five hundred not long ago, you know, yeah. and they're still under. They're trying to get back up to it. They'll get back up to it. Um, they want to get over and, and get a chance to get into uh, the, one of those top six spots, maybe the sixth spot. They'll take that at this stage. But when you look at what Steph is doing. Uh, you know, I'm watching it last night, and it really, I'm thinking, I haven't seen stuff like this uh, in basketball that I could think of. I mean, it reminded me of watching Barry Bonds play baseball uh, in 2004. When, yeah. you know, when he got on, his on-base average was like 61%, <laughs> 609. Right. And they didn't want to pitch to him. And he when got they did, one pitch to hit a night. <laughs> yeah, and, and he punished it, you know. Yeah. and or Or like Usain Bolt in the Olympics. It's like, Everybody else is just there. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And he's dominating the scenery. And so um, 
people always ask, you know, what's what's the most what's your most memorable Steph moment? And then I'm, I'm, that's different. That that happened a few years ago in Oklahoma City, but for a stretch of a season, this is just like something that that I don't know who has seen this kind of stuff before. Somebody who shoots like he does from all three levels at his volume and accuracy. It's uh, it, if you didn't see it, you wonder if it was real. You know, it's interesting to me because I was somebody who didn't think the team would be very good. I thought they would be extremely mediocre this year just because, you know, obviously I I have the utmost belief in Steph's um, abilities, obviously, but it just felt like the surrounding talent wasn't going to be up to the task, right? And at points this season, that has seemed fairly obvious. But, you know, to watch Steph come out and do this, right, to be 500 and his style of play, he has to exert himself. Like, you know, when you watch KD play, it feels like he's doing it so effortlessly and it feels like he could walk out of his, out of his sleep and do that. Steph, he's putting in a lot of pain and energy into delivering this stuff. So, you know, I, I want you to talk about Monty, just like what type of superstar this guy is. Cause it would have been very easily to just be like, look, I just hurt myself. Um, this team's not going anywhere. I I'm, I'm somebody who's used to having t- championship aspirations, but he comes out here and he does this instead. Different dude, man. He's a different dude. Um, I remember when Steph first came to the Bay, he was drafted a skinny kid, Davidson, you know, and, and he had this chip on his shoulder that's, that he hid very well behind that baby face. Um, there's a certain hmm. determination that this guy has that has come out over the years, and you see it. You know, <laughs> you've probably all seen the, uh, the, the game in uh, L.A. against the Clippers when Chris Paul was there and, and Steph basically dropped Chris Paul, broke his ankles. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, so, I remember that meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, Steph did his session after the game at Staples there. And after he got done, I'm walking with him toward the bus. And I said, Steph, now come on now. Is there like a little tiny part of you that kind of felt a little sympathy for Chris at that moment? He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, no, you can't think that way. And you know mm-hmm. what? If he had a chance to do it to me, he would do the same thing. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that killer instinct is something that he has. And right now, I think he's, I think he's heard enough about what he can't do and what his team can't do. And there was a point earlier this season where I thought he was a little bit exasperated and mm-hmm. you could see it. And I remember talking to him after a game and he said, he was talking about they were having a tough stretch and how, you know, what they need to do and what they're going to do. And he said, now, I could be saying the same thing two weeks from now, but, I'm, but I hope not, which tells me he's thinking, you know what, this, is, this has been a treadmill and, and it's yeah. not always going anywhere. And right now, um, he is carrying these guys. They've had injuries uh, even before the season with Clay. They've had injuries with Ubre. They've had injuries with Wiseman, you know, and so – they, he has been playing at a level so high that it's carried what really without him is a mediocre team, a sub-mediocre team without him. Yeah. He's carried yeah. them into a place where you're thinking, who wants to play these guys in the postseason right now? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And so, yeah, it, it really is it, it's remarkable to watch, but it's, it's who Steph is, man. And this guy runs more miles than anybody in the NBA, 5.7 per night. Uh, and his trainer, Brandon uh, Payne, Brandon basically 
warned us before the season. He said, you know, he's going to turn 33, but I think he's getting better. I think he's got to, I think he's going to show mm-hmm. things this season that he hadn't shown in previous seasons because we've been working pretty hard at this stuff in the off season. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and has his best year. <laughs> it's crazy. And you Listen, watch man. this and go, damn. How is he scoring when there's nobody else you need to guard on the Warriors? Like there really, there literally is nobody else you need to guard on the floor. Like I'm sure <laughs> everybody's running doubles at him. They may be running triples at him and he's still like, he's, he's just destroying everybody. How is he scoring? Well, a couple things. One, uh, Steve Kerr has simplified the offense and running more pick and roll than usual. And so that puts him in a pickle because literally if, if you're, if Steph has the ball and it, last night, Kavon Looney comes out with a high screen. And so, all Steph needs is a little. All he needs is a little daylight. Just a little daylight. His shot is his trigger is so quick, and so he can he can shoot it off the dribble. He can shoot it. He can catch and shoot when he's off the ball. Um, and and the other thing he's doing is when people give him when people try to give him a lot of space, he'll take it. But then they they close in on him. He goes around him and gets to the hoop. So. His driving game, his drive game is underrated, and I've seen it for years, that when he gets in the paint, he can do damage. And I think fans and his teammates, Steph doesn't bitch about this, but fans and teammates, you know, they think he gets beaten up a lot. And he does, mm-hmm. and doesn't get a lot of foul calls, which is true. He gets clobbered. And, and sometimes, you know, they just it's a play on. But it doesn't stop him. So, uh, which takes me back to something Draymond Green said about Steph about five, six years ago. Uh, he was asked, what is it about Steph that you, that people don't understand and can't understand? And Draymond said how tough he is. Because mm-hmm. people don't look at Steph and see toughness. But he goes, that dude is as tough as they come. And I'm from, he, Draymond said, I'm from Saginaw, Michigan. I know, I know tough. <laughs> he goes, and that dude is as tough as they come. And people don't always see that, but he is. And I think in the years since then, that people have kind of gained an appreciation for Steph's toughness because uh, he is bona fide, legit, hardcore toss. Just doesn't look the part. I love that. And also something you said, <laughs> and I know because you're plugged into the team and the sort of discourse amongst fans, you mentioned the the upward tick in Steph's pick and roll actions. I know a lot of Warriors Twitter has been chirping about that basically it's been a few years they've been chirping about that, and that's finally been the case in this stretch. Um, <laughs> has 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 Kerr sort of acknowledged that, hey, man, we're doing this thing and it's actually finally working instead of the beautiful game stuff that Kerr would obviously much rather do? Yeah, he's had to. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and you look at this roster, and it really is the only way. You know, I think Steve was a little stubborn about it. Uh, thinking that he can get these guys to play at the same intellectual level uh, that he had when he had guys like KD and Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. And the two flaws in that is that, one, those guys are they're basketball savants. They know the game in and out, and they're veterans. They've been around the league for a while. They get it. And and the other part of that is that when you look at uh, even those guys, when KD first came over, it took him a, a good half a season to figure it out to figure out how to play with Steph. And so now you've got Andrew Wiggins who played like two games with Steph last year. You've got Oubre who played none at all with Steph last year because he was in Phoenix. And Mm -hmm. so you've got two guys on the court now who have no experience with Steph. 
and how he plays. I can't tell you how many times early in the season that Steph would relocate and Ubre would be two feet away from him. <laughs> you know, it's like you're in Steph's space, dude, but he doesn't know that, you know? Yeah. And so I think, and I think the assistants were kind of saying, you know, Steve, we may have to do more of this. And Steve did. He simplified it for a while, and it worked for a while, and then it got caught, kind of caught up too. And then he went back to the game again, where he wanted to see the ball movement and the, the flow, as he calls it. But in the end, I, I think it was became clear that if Steph and Draymond are your staples, and their pick and roll has been good for years, you got That has to be what you do. That has to be what you do. And right now. It's working for them, and I think they realize it. I don't see it going back to this season with this roster because this roster is not suited to make any noise in this season with the kind of game that Steve would like to see his team play. It's just not there this season. He's had to adapt. Yeah, the, They will never admit this, I'm sure, but the fact that Wiseman is out for the season – as much as they like his potential, are they are they a better team right now without him? Just because he's young and really doesn't offensively looks lost so many, so much of this season, or he did look lost so much of the season. Yeah, they are. Um, the numbers were better without him when he was off the court, even when he was playing. But that's that's the price they're willing to pay to develop him. Uh, and but the, the other factor here is that Kevon Looney really. You know, you don't want to extend his minutes. His yeah. body has been through so much over the years. Um, you know, he's had surgery on both hips. You know, he's had uh, neuropathy. He's had, if you can have bad things happen to you as an athlete, he knows them. He's had them. Everything except for a knee, <laughs> you know. Right, right. And so, so, and he's been sort of the key. If you can get 25 minutes a night out of him, you're happy. But they've had to extend him to 31. I mean, and it's, when you, if you know Kavon's history, you're thinking, how long can this last before he breaks down? And if he breaks down, they are literally without anyone. They got nothing. Play right? better. They got nothing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. They got. They literally have. He's it because when he goes to the bench, the center becomes Draymond Green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And again, Draymond is great at that when in in limited minutes, you know, eight, ten, twelve minutes a night. He's great at that because he speeds the game up. Big men can't keep up with him. He can literally grab a rebound and go coast to coast. But it's not ideal. It's not what you want, which is why I thought when Wiseman went down, they could be in trouble because the depth is just not there. And relying on Kavan to play 30 minutes a night is a risky proposition. So right now that's where they are. Uh, I asked Steve a couple of days ago, I said, uh, are you at a point now where you you think you might need to add uh, another big to the roster? And he said, he basically said, it's not an urgent matter. You know, we're, we're going to play it out now. We don't just want to get a big to be a big. If we, if we find a guy who can be uh, make an impact, you know, then I think we'd be interested. But if it's just getting size for size for size, then I don't see us doing that. And so right now, it's not urgent. They're winning without it. But if you know Kavon's history, you know that you know there's always been something, and you just hope he can hold up because he's such a good dude. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So yeah. is if obviously coming into the season, uh, the push was, all right, we're going to make, we're putting, we, we traded some assets, um, you know, and paying a nice luxury tax bill to get Ubre in here. You don't do that unless you, you know, your goal is to make the playoffs. Um, what are, if anything happens when, or if they don't make the playoffs, even with Steph being a supernova at this point, what, what happens if they don't make the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> you mean when they blow it up beyond? No. Um, look, nothing is off the table. You know, Wigan, mm. um, his name gets thrown out there a lot. And, <laughs> If, if if they believe that trading Wiggins will get them to a place they want to be, they will do it in a heartbeat. Uh, that deal hasn't shown up in their minds yet. It hasn't happened to them. So it hasn't happened to the point where they're thinking, okay, we got to do this now. Because obviously they do want to get as much as they can out of, out of Steph's career. And he's 33 now. There is zero signs of slippage. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. Um, so um, they're thinking at this point, I think, beyond next season, or beyond this season, okay, what do we have to do for next season? I think if they're making the playoffs, they'd be happy with that. If they win 38, 39, 40 games, they take that and run. Now, they need to keep playing as they have been to get there. But I think they would take that. But the other questions are, okay, Clay has been out not one but two seasons. He's had injuries to both legs, the knee on one leg, the Achilles on the other. <sighs> Yeah, you're hopeful, you're optimistic, you're encouraged by his progress, but there have to be questions about how good he can be after two seasons off and injuries to both legs. He was an Iron Man before, yeah. and he's such a big part of this team. Clay helps Steph be Steph, and Steph helps Clay be Clay. And and so Steph has been great, obviously, without Clay this year, but defensively Clay has done so he's plugged so many holes for this team on the perimeter that it makes the game easy for others. And they, I, I don't think they know internally how much they can get from Clay next year. They're hopeful. They've already kind of acknowledged that maybe he won't be able to play at the start of the season, mm -hmm. at least, at least 35 minutes a night. You know, that's already what they're looking at the possibility of that. So um, so, yeah, that's where you look at a guy like Wiggins and go, well, if Wiggins can get us to another guy, and you, you see another name come up, Bradley Beal, your guy. What? <laughs> His name comes up. What? Did somebody <laughs> write that a week up. ago? No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that comes up, and, you know, you, people say, wow, if they have Bradley Beal and Steph and Clay out there, man, that's three. How do you defend that? Legitimate question. But – I think you have to have a partner and, and make that happen. And yeah. so far, there's been no sign of a partner willing to make that happen. Right. Well, and, uh, the, the, you oh. know, a lot of the, the chatter out there, you know, that you see filter out is this idea of, well, maybe the Warriors are going to use whatever ends up being the, the Minnesota pick. Um, and even Wiseman, they say, well, th this will be our bridge to the next 
um, generation of a great Warriors team, right? Like, you know, the the name you always hear is this will be their Kawhi Leonard, you know, um, of the Spurs that extended the 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 lifetime of how how really good the Spurs were. Where other people say, nah, we need to get rid of these young assets while we can, so we can get some some established star power in here to get right back into the championship. I'm wondering where you're at with that thinking, Monty. Um. The thing is, okay, what would that be? What would that, what would that look like? Um, and it, it really comes back to what they think of Wiseman's future. You know, in, in a league that's supposed to be going away from centers, you've got two guys in Embiid and Jokic who are, you know, until stuff came along, they were easily the two top MVP candidates, big men, you know. And, and so is the league really going away from centers or just centers are adapting to the style of play that the league has? I think it's the latter. Uh, when you look at what, Embiid does and what Jokic does, they are able to stretch the floor. They shoot threes. They pass the ball. They have low post games too, but they are in, in many ways the hubs of their offense. Wiseman has a really nice shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got a nice touch on his shot, mid-range. He can shoot the three. He can dribble coast to coast. So if you think that's an important part of your future, and remember, he just turned 20 a couple weeks ago. And big men in the NBA take a little while to get where they're going to go. Jokic wasn't great initially. You know, there was a time where they were spending time with Jokic and Nurkic going, which one do we keep? Can we play them together? Are they going to be okay? And, you know, that was, what, six, seven years ago. And now you look at Jokic and go, man, this dude was legit. Um, Embiid, uh, you always saw his skills, but could he stay healthy? And I think with Wiseman, it's the same. You see his skills, you see his potential, and you remind yourself that he's 20 years old and has room to grow. And by all accounts, he has the uh, temperament uh, and the disposition to want to get better. He's not one of those guys you got to you know, drag to the gym. Um, so that if you're the worst, you're thinking, that's a, a valuable thing to have and a guy who has that kind of physique and that kind of skill set. It's rare. So do we move that even with another pick or with Wiggins or whatever it takes? And what are we bringing in? What are we getting in return? If we get a ready-made star in the league, maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth it. But then if they do that, they still need another bridge because a ready-made star would be in his prime, you would think. You know, if it's a guy like a, like a Bradley Beal, just for example, you know, Bradley Beal's great, but um, he's not a guy who's is he going to be great 10 years from now. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. So, and you look at Wiseman, you go, man, this guy, 10 years from now, he's going to be 30. <laughs> you know? So it depends on how far you want to take your, your projection, I guess, as to what they want to do. That's why I'm, that's why I will push back a little bit on something you said earlier, where you said the Warriors would, would love to make the playoffs. I don't think they would love to make the playoffs. <laughs> I think they'd like to get as high a draft pick as possible to pair with that Minnesota pick because this is the summer, Monty. I mean, this is the one they've been building toward the last couple of years is we're going to get something out of this next offseason, whether it's we use the draft picks because they're so high to go get one of these young, you know, potential stars in this in this pretty good draft that's coming up, or we package these good picks along with something, and I don't know if that's Wiseman or Wiggins, to go get a ready-made, an already-made star. So I'm not quite, because, you know, if they make the playoffs and wind up picking 17th in the first round, nobody's going to trade a good player for that pick. 
you know, and then you're count, you're you know, and you're counting on the Minnesota pick being top three. Well, maybe, or or not yeah. being top three. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe it's four, yeah. maybe it's seven. You know what I mean? Like so. Um, you I know, hear what or, you're saying, and 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 I would say that you know there is internally, you know, there is that thought, but but what makes a difference for these guys too is that getting fans into an arena which they will have this this friday at 35 percent and they're hoping that you know if they get to the postseason they'll be up to 50 percent at least 50 percent uh they love the i chase center is a cash cow their their facility and playoff games are free money <laughs> and so if, if they're able to get some playoff games at home uh, i think right now in the short term they would jump on that and live with the consequences. And yet if, if they don't make the playoffs, I think they live with it too and go, well, Hey, okay. There is a bright side to not making the playoffs. I think that's where they are. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Do we have any updates on Clay Thompson uh, as far as his progress with the injury, how he's been rehabbing, or is he kind of just doing that on his own um, and the team hasn't really given any um, concrete updates? Nothing concrete lately, uh, just that he is, you know, he's where he's supposed to be. Um, you know, Clay spoke to us about a month ago, and um, he's, he was optimistic, encouraged, and that's when he said, you know, he hopes to be ready for the season, but, you know, there's no guarantee there. Um, what you see, but he's been around the team a lot lately, though. He's traveled with them, and uh, they just having him around makes a big difference. You know, you see him before games on the court shooting around, so he's able to do some things just messing around. 
but he's still months away from playing competitive basketball, you know, even in a three-on-three situation. Right now, he's just doing some shooting um, and, and maybe some light drill work on the side. But in terms of playing with other guys, uh, scrimmaging, stuff like that, no, that's not happening for at least a, a few more months. I mean, I, I think they want to be able to hope, hopefully get some of that going late in the summer. And and to, like you said before with Clay, I mean, I don't I don't know how you could possibly count on him going forward. So, you know, I guess I would wonder, like, have we seen the end of the Splash Brothers? In you know, in the in the 2015 to 2017 form, at least, um, or or could that still resurrect itself at some point? You know, with with older, more efficient Splash Brothers, maybe than they than they were before. Woo, man. Wow. Um, well, what they have in their favor, and I think Bob Myers has mentioned this before, general manager, and I think Steve may have mentioned it too, uh, is that shooters tend to, to, to last. You know, you look at the history of guys like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, and those guys played well into their deep 30s, you know, 36, 37. Uh, Dell Curry played until I think 37, 38. So uh, Dale Ellis, you know, guys just – Shooters can, can last. They're not like guys running around out there um, that, that fry themselves out at 32 years old. And so I think there's, that's the belief that they can have three, four more years. And if they can get that out of these guys, they can get three more good years beginning next year of these guys, they would take that because they're such a novelty. They, they've established themselves as the best shooting backcourt in NBA history, and they are eye candy for the fans. They are sales off the court with their uh, appar- uh, their apparel. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, will they be what they were before? Right now, Steph is, <laughs> Steph is there. But, yeah, with play, that's, like, that's still a big question mark. When you've had injuries to both – because, you know, you've had catastrophic injuries to both legs, to each leg. I mean, that, that, that forces you to think, okay, what can you get coming back? Clay watches a guy like John Wall and says, see, I, I'm encouraged by that. And I love seeing John Wall play, he's play the way he's playing, come back off an Achilles. But again, it's Clay, Achilles, and ACL. Right. Different legs. So, yeah, yeah they, it, it's hard to know what you're going to get. You can be hopeful. I mean, they didn't hesitate to sign him to a max contract even when he was coming off the Achilles. Right. It, it wasn't like, well, you know, you're devalued now. We got to no. know. They threw it at 100, 190 million. Sure, it's yours. So um, right now, it, there's faith, there's belief, but there has to be uh, some, at least a little bit of questioning as to how good he can be when he comes back. Has Draymond Green played well enough this season? You know, he's he's one of the focal points of the team, specifically in the locker room. Like he's clearly the leader. He's clearly well liked amongst the, his teammates. But, you know, again, some of the chatter online is like, can great can Draymond score more than seven points for us sometimes? Like, you know, he is a, a prominently paid guy too, right? Like, it's not like he's he's on the cheap. Like, he's paid like a, a big established player. Do we think Draymond has done his fair share this season specifically? In spurts, yeah, in spurts. Defensively, most of the time. Offensively, some of the time, uh, he has been sort of the hub of the offense in the sense that he's racking up assist games, you know, 10 assists, 11, 12, 14, 16 assist games 
all over the place. Lately, that has slowed down. And again, that's a function of their offense being changed. You know, with more pick and roll, his numbers go down a little bit. Um, and so his impact diminishes. And you look at his numbers, Draymond's never been a numbers guy. You don't look at it, you don't judge him, value him by his numbers. But he's been kind of putting up some real pedestrian numbers lately. And, yeah. you know, six rebounds, seven rebounds, six assists, you know, six points. Um, but defensively, what he gives you uh, makes it worthwhile having him on the court. And he, it's not just his physical presence, it's his communication. He's the middle linebacker out there, and he's really kind of arranging things, basically orchestrating the entire defense. And so when he's not on the floor, you can tell. Uh, they can have the energy without him, but they don't always have the coordination or the execution when he's not on the floor. So is he, is he, playing, is he having a, a great season by his standards? No. Is he having a good season? I'd say yes. Um, but he has been great at times, and that's, that can be said about these Warriors. They have been great at times. They've had games where, you know, they play really pedestrian, ordinary, mediocre defense, but give them, but then find six minutes where they play hellacious defense and it turns the game. And so I think Draymond is, that's where he is. You know, he's able to play in spurts where you go, wow. And then there's some nights where you go, eh, you know, (laughs) that's kind of where he's been this season. Let's get you out on this one, Monty. Um, out of the uh, the group of of young guys, non non Wiseman guys that have played the last year, maybe the last couple of years, um, I, I would I would think that the the definite keepers would be Pascal and Poole. Is there anybody else that you go? Oh, he's going to be here when the band's really back together next year. Well, I mean, I don't know if you want to qualify Juan Toscano Anderson as a young guy, right? But, right? Right? But. Yeah, he's on a two-way contract, and he's been around the world. I mean, he's played basketball all over the place, and I think he's 28 years old now. Uh, but he's relatively new to the NBA. He is on a two-way contract, and he has vastly outplayed it. Yeah, um, right. He's a rotation guy, and they know it. The Warriors know it. Um, they they privately will tell you that he should be on a regular contract. But, you know, they also are well aware they have a couple of guys who are on guaranteed contracts who may or may not be around next year. And Juan, they definitely want him around next year. So that's one guy that I know they want to keep. And he wants he's an open kid. He wants to play here. He wants to stay here. Uh, and I think they will find a way to, to make that happen. He'll be on the roster next year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you think about Poole, though. This time last year, everybody's like, man, that, what a bust. You know, right. he, he couldn't shoot. He couldn't do. He couldn't do much right on the floor, and that's why I remind people. I said, you know, before you give up, give up on Wiseman. Remember that you gave up on Pool, and now you're thinking maybe Pool could be okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and, and, and and he's a guard. So guards usually come a little faster than, than big men. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, look. Monty, appreciate it, brother. Um, stay safe out there. Um, and you know. It, it, just enjoy the Steph show, man. This is this is just amazing what he's doing. This it is yes, just... it is yes, it is. Man. <laughs> it's fun to watch, and I'm glad that I, I know the league is glad that Golden State's showing a pulse. I, I guarantee you that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, congrats, well, Adam Silver. Right, right. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the right. percentage of people that can come into the arena tomorrow night? In, in DC, I think it's like ten percent. Yeah. It's ten percent, I think, oh, in DC. So, so they'll have okay, like so they'll have like eighteen hundred. Yeah, maybe two, 1,800, 2,000, something like that. Somewhere um, in there. Yeah, okay. so 
um, you know, they were, you know, they obviously wanted more, but this is the first, literally the first game uh, that them and the Caps this week are able to have fans back in the stands. So it's, you know, they're taking yeah. it slow out the gate. And, um, yep. you know, but I'll be watching for sure, for sure. So, <laughs> yes, ah, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, look, thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. As always, leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get our podcasts. And as I always say, if it's less than a five-star review, keep it to yourself. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.